0: folks, we're heading into the fourth quarter of the year. Football season is back. Basketball's around the corner and it's hard to believe that we're already in the heat of 2023 planning. It's in motion for us and for all the other businesses that I know. And it's got me thinking a lot about failure. Let me explain. So often I've made these elaborate plans to avoid failure in the future. And we can be afraid to make the decision to implement a big change or take a big risk to try to further ourselves because we're afraid that something might go wrong. And then what? It had me thinking about when Matt Ishbia, CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, shared that he believes in the idea of measuring once and cutting once. Different mindset, right? He doesn't have any big regrets because he's willing to try new things and fail quickly. If something doesn't work, I've never seen him be afraid to go back to what he used to do and do well. I think we can all apply that mindset as we head toward the end of the year. Dream bigger and don't be afraid of failing. You can always go back to what you used to do and do well. So this week, I'm resharing my conversation with Matt Ishbia, in hopes it can provide each of you with the mindset shift you need to dominate the rest of the year and set yourself up for success in 2023. Under Matt's leadership, this stuff just blows me away. Under Matt's leadership, UWM has grown to nearly 10,000 team members and is the number one wholesale mortgage lender in the nation. Enjoy my conversation with United Wholesale Mortgage CEO, Matt Ishbia, and be sure to tune in next week to hear my latest conversation with former Michigan State linebacker, Rose Bowl champ, Big Ten champ, Cotton Bowl champ, New York Jet, and entrepreneur, Taiwan Jones. You're really going to enjoy that episode. And for today, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Matt Ishbia. So welcome to another episode of At the Podium with Manuel Mesquad. I have a very special guest today, uh, a friend, uh, someone I met when I arrived in the great state of Michigan back in 2017. Uh, This one's going to be a real treat for all of you that are listening in. With us this morning, we have the president and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, and, and one of the recent things that caught my attention, a, a piece of recognition, and I know Matt's just stacking these up uh, year over year, but he was named Ernst Young's Entrepreneur of the Year. And so with us, we have our very own from Michigan, Matt Ishbia. Matt, welcome this morning.
1: No, so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Appreciate it. So Matt, you know, you've know you seen a few clips from the other guests that we've hosted you know, there's always a few questions I begin with, so let's do that in honor of tradition and consistency. What is your favorite color?
1: Favorite color is green. It's Michigan State, of course. <laughs> Spartan Nation. Spartan Nation, uh, of course.
0: What is your favorite afternoon snack?
1: You know, I don't really have an afternoon snack, but with my kids, I eat apples, cut up apples. That's a, trying to be healthy. It's a good thing. If I want to get my favorite one, it'd probably be cake and cookies, but apples <laughs> is a healthy one. <laughs> Matt's up
0: working out like four in the morning. So I don't know that it's cake and cookies. Uh, what is your favorite childhood superhero?
1: It's always Superman. I think Superman was always my favorite. I liked a lot of superheroes, but Superman was my favorite. You know, always dreamed of being you know, like, can you fly? How cool would that be one day?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And so recently, Matt, I've had a few guests on uh, that are just, uh uh very musically inclined. And so we started asking what is your favorite uh band, album, or uh
1: soundtrack? Oh, that's that's a tough one. So I like all the you know the top hit stuff today. If I had to go old school, you know, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, still am a big Michael Jackson, fan. I love Michael Jackson stuff. Um, you know, I had a Britney Spears phase in there, but that was more, I don't know if that was music is focused, but you know, that was when I was a little younger, but I also love Pearl Jam too. So a little different type of music. Um, and lately I've been listening to a little bit of country music, which is not my thing, but like I said, I'm getting, I kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, but Michael Jackson, if I had to pick something, Michael Jackson was always my favorite, seeing the best of all time, seeing how he entertained and and saying everything was great.
0: I love it. Is there, is there a, is there a song that you particularly enjoy when you're celebrating or just
1: really in a great mood? Well, you know uh, for Michael Jackson, Stuff I, I like the man in the mirror because it, it was about accountability and reflection and looking at what you can do you can make a change and so I always believe that I can make an impact and difference. Um, you know, a, a song that I always listen to, kind of building up here, was you know Drake started from the bottom. Is a you know I always thought if we started where we started our company and where we're going to, and how we got there. And so I listen to that a little bit, but that, you know, I don't have any songs that really pump me up, you know, that are different than that, but I just like listening to music. It's kind of a relaxing thing. Um, but some of those songs I, I, I think of, and I always listen to the words of music a lot of times.
0: Love it. Thanks for sharing that. So so if we can, if we can give uh, a few components to today's conversation, I'd like to walk our listeners through the past, present, and the future with Matt Ishbia. And let's start on the past because you kind of just touched on it. I'm thinking of the story that I've heard, not, not, for, not only from you, but a lot of your biggest advocates and closest friends. I even remember I had a brief lunch with your father when I first moved to Michigan with Paul Davis and the story of starting there in 2003, I think there were roughly a dozen employees. Fast forward 17 plus years later, 17-ish, 9,000?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a 9, great time. 9,000? You know, so UWM, you know, 12 people weren't even ranked. No one knew who we were. And, you know, I started and I, I started there at the, at the lowest paying job, you know, taking fax stuff back machine, learning the business from the ground up and kind of rebuilt it together. And it's not Matt building it. It's my team. i got a great team of people that have helped me do this, go from 12,000, 12 people to 9,000 people over the last 18 years. And. And, you know, become the number one wholesale mortgage lender for seven straight years now and, and the number two overall mortgage company. So we've grown quite a bit, but we still have a long ways to go um, on what we're planning on doing. And it's all been built on teamwork, family, culture, coaching people, all the things that I know you subscribe to as well, the way you think about things, Manny. Yeah, so, so
0: I've heard you speak uh, often about some of the lessons that you not only took from your family, but you also took from your time at Michigan State and playing on one of the best teams uh, in the history of Michigan State basketball under Coach Izzo. Can you reflect a little bit on one or two of the most meaningful lessons or the ones that most consistently come to mind as you're serving and leading one of the fastest growing companies in the country today?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot from playing basketball for Tom Izzo. Four years playing, one year as a, as a student assistant coach, really learned. But you, when you spend that much time with one of the best in the world of what he does, you're going to pick up a lot of things. Learned a lot from my father as well. And so I'll give you one from each. Um, you know, my father, you know, the big thing I learned from my father was always do right by people. You know, it was always about the people. So to build a business, you got to take care of everybody else. It's not, you know, he used to say, I was saying, you know, if there's a dollar in the middle of the table, you know, 50 cents, 50 cents is even. If they take 51 or 52, it's okay. If they take 53, 54, 55, it's okay. Let them get a little bit more, do more for others and good things will happen. It's not about always getting yours. And so he always taught me to take care of people, do right by people. And we built our whole company around that, around going out of our way to help other people, whether it's, you know, creating an atmosphere, an opportunity to grow, finding out what they care about and helping deliver it. And so, and that ties to business too. Team member experience is one thing, but client experience, those are the two things that will drive anyone's business, no matter what field you're in. And so that's the thing I learned from my father about taking care of people, doing right. My father's a wonderful man, always does right by others. The other one I learned from Tom Izzo, which was, you know, not only outworked everyone, but at the same time, be in the weeds. Right? There's no detail too small for Tom Izzo. And so what I learned from Tom Izzo is like from watching film to being in the office early to staying late. To there Nobody works harder than Tom Izzo. And I knew that, that if I wanted to be successful, I had to put that work ethic, that grind. You know, there's nobody in this world that's successful without work ethic and drive. And Izzo taught me that. And at the same time, being in the weeds of your business, which means, you know, I'm not like, oh, well, that I don't really deal with that. That's uh, below my pay grade. No, no, there's nothing below my pay grade. I deal with everything. From when the security officers, when you walk in our office, the security people welcome you and say hello to how, we, how often we clean the trash out of the bathrooms. Every aspect of my business I'm aware of and I'm in the weeds of making decisions. And so those are two great lessons I learned from both of those guys.
0: I, I, I love both lessons. And the second one reminds me about something we talk about in the firm, which is Starbucks Experience Chapter Two, Everything Matters. You know, oftentimes people chuckle. They'll see me bend over and pick something up as I walk through the hallway, and I think people just chuckle at the 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 notion that probably twenty other people have walked past that item. And for me, I'm like, well, the chair's not the same height, the door's not fully closed, there there's a drip on the floor, right? And and so it's it's really powerful and inspiring to hear. That even, you know, servant leaders that are dramatically busier, dealing with a lot more responsibility, not just financially, but on the human side, still, still prioritize that as one of their most prized principles and philosophies.
1: I love it. We're, we're on the same page thinking about that. The inches matter. The inches add up to feet, add up to miles. And people are like, oh, that's just an inch. Oh, that's a little piece of trash on the floor. No, you know, I see something on the floor. Not only do I pick it up, and then I say, I'll, I'll reach out to my people on the United Services which is team and say, why is there stuff on the floor here? Like, you know, it's 4 a.m. Like, did they not clean last night? What is the process? I thought we yes. this at 1 a.m. Like, what's going on and what are we missing? Let's be better. Let's hold them accountable. Like every every inch matters. So uh, I appreciate you saying and, and I've, I've
0: heard you uh, as as you commented on your father and Tom Izzo, no surprise uh, that those are two you referenced. But I, I've heard you give credit to so many other people as you, you speak on all these different networks across the country and even globally now, especially business-wise. Talk to me about, when I say standing on the shoulders of giants, talk to me about this last you know, 15, 17-year run you've had in business and, and what were some of the common characteristics in some of the other mentors that poured into you?
1: Yeah. So there's so many people that that have helped contribute to my success. There's, there's no one that's successful alone. That's first thing. And then there's also Agreed. no one that's successful without an extraordinary work ethic and desire to win and get better every day. And so- yes. Um, you know, there's so many people that have impacted my life. You know, not only people that you would think and you know, oh, you read about this, but no, it's actually people that you you go hand to hand combat every day with people that are on your team. You know, from from people that I mean, your marketing leader to your assistant to the, the people that your executive team. to All people they make an impact on your life and they help get you better. And there's nobody at this company, nine thousand people that I can't learn from today. I shadowed different people. I didn't understand they were doing that. Why did you do that? Why? It, like you get better and they all shape you. And as soon as you think, like I, we talk about people in the NBA, it's like, oh, Steph Curry is the best NBA shooter of all time. People say, he's not like he's the best shooter and he stopped practicing. He's practicing every day to get better and continuing it. So every day I'm here, I'm a great CEO. I like to think I'm doing great, but I'm not anywhere near where I'm going to be. I'm getting better every day and I have to learn from people and work on my craft every single day. That's how it is.
0: I want to give a special shout out to my friend, Dana Cornelius. Dana's the CEO, co-owner of Sporta Kings, the the gear that I am rocking today. Yes, folks, I do wear more than a blue suit, white shirt, and a tie. Check out their website, S-O-K-F-Y.com. If you drop in the word podium in the discount code, they're going to send you an amazing, amazing, amazing package of whatever you order. With twenty percent off, check it out. Sport of Kings. Love Dana and Tiffany. So <laughs> I, I have like seventy-one questions set up, and we're gonna get through like seven. <laughs> but so that that just made me think of you, you. Remember the one time I reached out to you, and I was blown away that I continued to see pictures of you having lunch with interns, and I'm like, he has like. 700 interns a summer, 800, 900. I I can't even remember what it's, it's approaching a thousand. And, and I just, I was like, how do you do that? Right. And so I, I have to believe, I have to believe that there's a couple of things that are important to you. I have to believe that you're consistently auditing your circles, auditing your calendar, auditing who, uh, auditing who's influencing uh, your allocation of time and your decisions. Talk to me a little bit about how do you decide how to allocate and invest your time and who helps you for, for aspiring leaders, people uh, you know, growing in, 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 in roles of leadership in large organizations? How do you ensure that your time is properly allocated
1: to the things that matter most
0: in that moment, at least for that moment?
1: Yeah. So a couple things there, you know, first off, time management is so key. We all get 24 hours, no matter how much money you have, no matter how smart you are, you got 24 hours, I got 24 hours. And so I've decided I'm going to outwork everyone. (laughs) It means I'm going to work more hours than you, but at the same time, I'm going to actually be more effective in my time structure. People are like, Oh, you're self-employed. You're the CEO. You've got to come meet me for golf. Like, you understand? Like, are you crazy? Like my minutes, every minute of my day is, man. So as I told you, like, I'm out of here right at 1158 to 12 o'clock. Like I keep moving my whole schedule. So my assistant, Chelsea, she's fantastic. She makes my life easier by not only solving things for me, but at the same time, she keeps me on task, on point, because every 15-minute meeting, every 10-minute meeting matters. Now, you talk about me having lunch with interns, summer team members. Of course I do. I go down the new cafeteria, our cafeteria here, multiple times a week and just pick up my lunch. My, once again, my assistant will grab my lunch. I walk in and I go sit with random people, I meet them, I find out what they do, what I can do better. I get ideas and I bring it back to my team and I improve things. That happens almost every day. I'll say three times a week, three to four times a week. I do that. And so, but at the same time, I make myself available. You're a CEO, you run your company. Everyone has access to me. They reach out to me. I have a meeting with people. And so, but it's a 10 minute meeting and it's literally starts. And then by the way, my assistant, they, one of them comes in after when there's five minutes before the meeting's ending and they interrupt, say, there's five minutes left and then we got to go and they get me <laughs> out of there, right? Because I have to go to the next meeting and I'm never late to anything. And so structure and time management is so key to a successful business person, really a successful person.
0: Who, so so I've, I've chronically uh, suffered from internal punctuality and our office is much smaller as you know. And there's about a hundred people on 20,000 uh, 20, square foot floor, and and I see you, and it's so true. I've experienced that on the other side of the table as a visitor at your office. Just the the system, the structure, the discipline to that five minute notice of you have to be somewhere else in five minutes. Where where did you pick that up from? Like it, it's something that I I don't think I'm the only uh, aspiring executive struggling with that, right? Because I experience it being on the other side of the table from other people, but that commitment to being on time, where did you pick that up from? And, and how do you, how do you pass that gift on to the others that you're mentoring and pouring
1: into? Yeah. So Michigan state basketball, we have a thing called Spartan time. That means you're 15 minutes early to everything. You don't show up. You know, if I used to, we had 4 30 AM lifting. I get there at 4 10 and you feel like you're making sure you're not late. like, like like no one shows up at 428 for a 430 AM lifting, right? And that's, and that's college kids. And so the point is every minute matters. You only get 24 hours. And so to like, I think the, one of the most disrespectful things to do is if I have a meeting with 10 people and it starts at 9:30, and I walk in at 9:33, that's three minutes times 10 people. I just wasted 30 minutes of my people's time, disrespectful, unacceptable. We don't do it here. Right. And my meetings, like I walk, I run a Monday morning meeting with 70 of my leaders Monday morning, 8.30. I walk in at 8.28, 8.29. Everyone is there around the table. No one's walking in late. Everyone's got their notes. They're ready to, to, to go. Every minute matters. If you start taking like, what's the difference between 8.59 and 9.01? Oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, it means everything because it's discipline. It's structure. And you know what? What other things do you cut corners on? If I tell you, I'll oh, meet me at 9 o'clock and you show up at 9.02, Manny. And then I say, oh, well, help me invest my money. Help me with insurance. I'm like, yes. what other corners is he cutting? He showed up two minutes late. Like that didn't matter. What else doesn't matter to him? I asked him to do these four things. You only do three of them. And so my perspective is every minute matters. And if you show that it matters and you show that discipline, you will be successful at our company. It's known. You set expectations. <laughs> we show up on time. We don't come in late. You know, hey, oh, it's, oh, I got traffic on the way in. Leave 30 minutes earlier. You don't miss it because it's important to you. It's important to me.
0: As you're... As your organization has grown, how have you ensured that your direct line of leadership, the ones who have the most access to you, are also embracing, absorbing, obsessing about those disciplines and commitments? And how are they ensuring that they pass that down to the next level of leadership at an organization that, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's an ocean now.
1: Yeah. You no. Know, so just like, you know, I mean, things start with the leadership, start at the top. If I make it, take it serious, they take it serious. If I think it's not important, they think it's not important. And so you are very important as a leader of your organization to make sure you set the tone and execute across the board. So that's a big, big part of it. But at the same time, every detail. So when you meet with me, Manny, or anyone who meets with me, you, you know this because we've met multiple times. Every meeting I have starts on time. Mm-hmm. I get a five minute notice. I'm ending on time mm-hmm. and I'm getting to the next place. But on top of that, there's an agenda. Every meeting has an agenda. Yes. We allow no technology in our meetings. So if I run a meeting, you're not having your phone out on front of me. You're not having a laptop. You're going to take mm-hmm. notes and you're going to fill it up later because we are effectively, every minute matters. And so, you know, you have to be consistent with it. And when you set the tone, you know, too many people are kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we're kind of willy nilly about it. Like I'm very, very direct on what matters. And that's how we run meetings at the whole company. And then it filters down. And then you, 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 you check in. I walk into meetings all the time in my office. I'm, I have a no meeting Thursday. I walk around, I'll pop in someone's office, someone's meeting and see it's 9.32 AM. Like where, where, where's everyone? What, what, why are yeah. three people in here? What are we? And at the same time, every meeting, are you walking away with actionable things to do or did I just waste 30 minutes of my time?
0: It's great feedback. I hope, I hope everyone in our organization heard that. Um, <laughs> it's disrespectful. And that's the most significant thing that I took away from that. And, and it's not that I've not heard it before. It's what we create excuses for in our lives every single day. And, and um, progress over perfection, I guess, is what I would share with folks right now. Right. But let's take that one home. <laughs> okay, I, I want to pivot because I heard you say earlier, you, you come down to the cafeteria, you have lunch, You just meet people, really get to know them, invest in racial, uh, creating relational equity. I know that that's who you are. I've experienced it. And, but ideas come up. Ideas come up. And, you know, I'm wondering, I, I feel as if watching from the outside looking in, I consistently see your organization have a vision for where the puck is going. I've been, I've been wanting to ask you about this because when you drop this really happy bomb on the industry recently, it's like I just heard like like tidal waves all across the country. Talk to me about Appraisal Direct. I mean, tell me, how is, how is that going to transform the mortgage and lending uh, industry and experience for consumers? And, and how
1: do you continue to come up with these? Yeah. So this is the thing. The way I come up with them because I talk to my clients. I'm in the weeds of my business. Back by the way, the way I came up with appraisal things was I was out in Arizona visiting clients. I'm a normal person. I go shop to shop, have <laughs> meetings. I'm in there talking to them. And I'm like, so my questions always are tell me one thing we're doing great at UWM and then tell me one thing that could be better. And at that point, a lot of them told me, oh, well, it's not really you, but the appraisal process sucks. And it's like, well, that's part of regular, regulatory requirements and a lot of different things that came in place. I said, well, shoot. I can make this better. And so we started crafting, how can we do this better? Save consumers money, make the process faster and easier, yes. make my clients, mortgage brokers, happier and so they have more consistency and so they can wow realtors. And we basically said, how do we do this? And that was where Appraisal Direct was born from. And we implemented it, executed built the technology out, built the team out, and, and it's going fantastic, right? And so yeah. how do you do that? How do you change? It's, it's listen to your clients. Like I don't come up with ideas anymore. I just hear them. I don't just discount them because like a lot of people would say, oh, they said appraisals. I could have come back and said, hey guys, good news is like our clients love everything about us. They don't like appraisals, but that ain't our problem. That's the appraisal management companies. Well, I'm making it my problem. I'm creating the work. I'll solve it because it matters to my clients. So it matters to me. Yeah. So, so talk more
0: about that last statement. I have, I've seen you have a, um, a consistent history of working to solve industry issues. Industry issues. Yep. Okay. I've seen you just, con- I mean, I mean, I'm like, it's like he's a lobbyist of the industry. It's like, you know, he's like a hired politician. He's like the president of, of the mortgage industry now. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, well, think about it. Someone's got to do it, right? Someone's got to get involved. Who's leading? Who else is gonna step up and actually do something to make the to move the mortgage broker channel in a positive way, to help consumer like. Who else is going to do it, right? And so, oh, well, I hope that someone else, I hope that they change this rule. Like, no, no, I'm going to take it on myself and try to make change within the rules, how we can do it, talk to the right people and execute. And so too many people say like, oh, I can't change that. Control your controllables, focus on things you can control. And I dominate those things. and I focus on those things. And that's where I spend my time. And once again, rigidity, I know people think I'm very rigid and very structured of my schedule and my focus. On things that matter. I do not spend my time on things I cannot control. Someone says, What's interest rates gonna do? Doesn't that impact your business? I said, I can't control interest rates. I don't care. I'm gonna win either way. Rates go up, rates go down, I will win. I'm focusing on what I can do to win. I can't focus on what's the Fed's policy on this and that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have an in on that. I can't change that. I control my controls.
0: So I saw you just uh, recently returned from the AIM conference. And, and I have to think there was an incredible, incredible, uh, just inspirational reception to all of the recent announcements uh, for, for the clients you serve, the independent brokers that you serve that weren't able to be there. What, what are one or two messages that they need to just hear, they need to be reassured of with you as, as, as their greatest advocate uh, and and uh, and 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 person who's kind of clearing the pathway for their success. What's the message they
1: should hear? Well, the biggest message from that conference—it so was awesome. Three thousand mortgage workers, the biggest mortgage broker event since pre-crisis. It was great to see the energy and the passion. People were learning, wanting to get better. But the big message I was sending out there was, "Hey, lo- we're all winning right now. Rates are low. What's the future look like? How do we dominate yeah. 2026?" My presentation was mortgage industry. 2026. Here's what you got to do today to make sure you win then. And some of the things we talked about is like, I'm not going to relax at UWM. We're going to continue. We appraisal direct, we roll out the thing called the source and the thing called bolt, which is going to change the game. Like if the process is going to get faster, easier, cheaper, come along with us. Don't sit there in the old school ways. Cause if you do that, you'll get left behind. We are going to win together as a team. And that was the thing is there's a great community, a great family, a team atmosphere with mortgage brokers. And we're all moving forward and we're going to win in 2026 and beyond. And we got to start doing things today to make sure we're prepared for that.
0: Yeah. So I consistently hear you uh, reference about we're all in this together. Winning as a team. You know, I have a dear friend, Lee Rubin, who says team exists because there's such a great challenge or opportunity. It could not be accomplished or achieved alone. What is the next great challenge or opportunity within your industry? And and do you have thoughts or ideas or comments around that?
1: Well, the biggest challenge is education in the market, right? Nobody like we, I'm a mortgage guy. Nobody wants a mortgage, man. you never call and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting a mortgage today. No one wakes up, honey, let's get a mortgage. It's like, no, I want to buy the house. In order to get the house, I got to get a mortgage. Or, hey, I want to save a hundred bucks a month. In order to do that, I got to get a mortgage. Nobody wants a mortgage. So we got to make the process faster, easier, cheaper. But we have to educate consumers because nobody wants one. So nobody really digs into it. Just like, you know, like if I asked you, Manny, like, who's the best shoulder surgeon in Michigan? You're like, I don't want shoulder surgery. I don't know. If I need shoulder surgery, you'll find out who it is. Well, this is the thing about mortgages. Nobody wants it. The thing is, nobody understands how to do it. You see commercials, you go to your bank, you're doing it wrong. You talk to a mortgage broker, go to findamortgagebroker.com. They will find the right place for you. They are the expert to solve it for you. It's cheaper, faster, and easier. And I'm not saying every time, but it's like 99.99% of the time. It's almost every time. There's no reason to ever look elsewhere. And so, but we have to educate consumers because that's the process. And so being a public company now, I have a bigger stage. I'm able to educate more people, move the needle. And that's what we're focused on.
0: You, um, I, I recently heard you say in one of your interviews, we are the best tech company in the mortgage space. I, I have to believe you have your own innovation center. You have your own idea lab. Um, you've got to be investing heavily into that as I hear about all these new programs that you're releasing, sometimes multiple programs in one calendar year. I mean, no one else is doing that.
1: Yeah. No, so this is the thing. We do so much in technology. I got 1,200 amazing technology. These aren't vendors and contractors. We are building stuff from scratch, cool stuff, whether it's using AI or predictive modeling or you know OCR. Like we're building cool stuff every single day because we're making the process faster, easier, cheaper. So many of my competitors say, "Well, gosh, that's a lot of money." If you saw how much I spend on IT, you'd be like, "That's crazy." And then I'd say, "What's the alternative?" Do we're going back to faxing? Am I going to fax documents up again? Oh. Like, are you crazy? Right? Like that's we're gonna we're moving this way. If you don't invest in technology, you'll lose in any industry. Period. And if you're like, oh, well, I'm investing. In technology. I'm using this vendor and that vendor. Yeah, vendors are there for a reason. Not that we don't use ever use a vendor, but we build the stuff ourselves because if I want to have control of my business, I got to build it myself. Um,
0: <laughs> it reminds me of. Uh, which I think it's it's tragic that we've gone away from uh, recognizing the significance of of things that are built in our great country, right? And and we went we went through a period of time when I was you know a younger adult where I mean there was just a tremendous amount of pride and gratitude for things that were built in the U.S. of A. And every time you speak on that, that's what I think about. Where um, where do you see where do you see UWM's role? in technology for the industry? And will UWM ever be influencing technology outside of the industry? Could you see that in
1: the future? Yeah, so it's a great question. So yeah, we want to be the leader. Back to our earlier point about changing things in the industry, sure. innovating, creating, pushing the envelope forward with technology. Because if you do that, so like other people push the envelope forward on credit, doing worse loans and I'm never mm-hmm. doing that stuff. That's what created the crisis back in 08. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not pushing the board on Lower credit or lend to more borrowers that don't qualify. That's not my world. My world is, let's make the process faster, easier, cheaper. Let's push forward on technology. So we did that. We announced that we were looking at maybe uh, accepting crypto as a payment. We announced that we're going (laughs) to, right? Like we're we're trying to think of like what now will that be a big thing or not? I have no idea. But you know what? I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to dig in. Same thing with technology. Can I make it so that the process goes even faster? Like how do I make it so that people don't have to deal with the mortgage? It's so simple and easy. And that's what we've been focusing on. And now how can that affect other businesses? I think it can, because you know what? If I'm watching this and I'm, or I'm talking about something outside of mortgages, I'm thinking, gosh, am I investing? Am I spending enough time thinking about technology? Am I taking my profits and putting it back in to win on technology? Because that's how you win in 2025, 2030. No yeah. one believes there'll be less technology in the future. So we innovate, uh, come up with new ideas, Find out what your clients want and build it for them, and you will differentiate your business.
0: So I, 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 um, I often think about the fact that a vision uh, is only as exciting as uh, the people within the team and within the family and within the organization, if they're willing to embrace it, absorb it, obsess about it, you know, make it a part of their own vision for their life. I said this, I was talking to a good friend in Chicago this past weekend. As as you acknowledge, I'm a diehard Bears fan. And so we flew back with uh, a few clients and and advocates of the firm for the Lions-Bears game. And, you know, I talked about how I was so excited for the time together today and said, it's like he's built this like relentless, insatiable, unflinching army of advocates within UWM to where from when I've walked in and met the security team and I'm like, I I believe I have a meeting with Matt Ishbia and and they're like, oh, oh, you're meeting with Matt Ishbia? Well, welcome. You you know, that type of experience to when I have sat in the cafeteria or grabbed the Starbucks coffee. I mean, there has to be something unique, something special, something that you've obsessed about as you've built that culture in that army of advocates, what, what would you share with small business owners, large servant leaders of organizations around how you've done that? So,
1: it's a, it's a, thanks for the kind of words. It's a great, great thing. And I think this is the differentiator. Our culture and our business model tied to our culture and our people is everything. So, if I'm a business owner outside of UWM, I'm thinking the secret sauce and how do I differentiate client experience, team member experience. First, mm-hmm. I, I told you, listen to your clients, find mm-hmm. out what they want and deliver it. Same thing with your team members. Find out what they care about. Find out what matters to them. But then on top of that, and top of like, it's not just amenities. Like, like oh, we got, you got cool. We got a Starbucks in your office. They must love it. That's, that's lipstick on a pig if you have a pig. You got to go deeper. Deeper is this. You got to care. You got to care about people. You got to go out of your way and show that you care. And so how do you care about someone? You find out what matters to them. You find out about their husband, their wife, their kids. You find out what their goals are. Where do they want to be in three years? Give them opportunity to grow and be successful. What matters to people is their family, not your company, FYI. What matters to people is they want opportunity to be successful so they can advance themselves, not your company. So how do you take care of those things? And you know what they'll do is like, He cares about me. I care about him and the company. And that's what we've done here where people know that I care and we care. And if you care about them, they'll care about you back. And it creates this environment of happiness and people feel that and our clients feel it too.
0: So we've, um, and I appreciate that. So the one thing I'm taking away is that it's okay to put lipstick on a pig. However, (laughs) if 99.9% of everything you do is not investing in how to have help people Achieve their goals, their dreams, and the life of uh, by design that they aspire for. Uh, then you might want to stop putting the lipstick on.
1: Yeah, well, people think, oh, Google has a slide. You think people love it because they have a slide? Okay. Like, what a slide is it's so stupid. It's it's cool to talk about, just like my Starbucks is cool, and my gym is cool, and my arcade and my library, <laughs> all this stuff's cool. But you know what happens? What actually matters to people is how you treat them and the opportunity and a work-life balance and tell them, Hey, it's five o'clock on Friday. You, don't you have a football game? Get out of here an hour early. Go home and be with your family. Uh, Get out of here. They care about that stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, I just, I just always appreciate when you say that because um, it's just fact. <laughs> it just really is fact, right? I mean, people take jobs at places or I, my experience has been, is I've heard of people taking jobs or positions at, at places because of some novel novelty or this one cool thing. And then they're like, ah, eh, but I can't stand the person I report into. My mentor sucks. There's no structure, no predictability. And uh, yes, yeah, so I really appreciate when you say that.
1: That we're aligned. Exactly. Um,
0: so Michigan, UWM, I'm thinking about this army of advocates. Eventually, Oakland County and the location you're at is gonna run out of space. There's gonna be nothing else that you could buy and expand into. Does you UWM do do they ever have a location somewhere else in the country or
1: globally? No, no, we never will. You know, so we have about a million and a half, two million square feet now here in Metro Detroit. Um, All here in Pontiac, one building or two buildings with a bridge connection, you know. But um, no, I don't believe in it. I don't believe that we can be as successful if I had a location in LA and a location in Texas and a location in Florida. I'm all in here in Metro Detroit. I want to create the jobs. I want to do everything here. I don't think our company to grow more has to go from 9,000 people to 20,000 people. I think we can be the number one overall mortgage company and serve more clients than ever and maybe even grow our business by almost 50% to 75%. By having between 7,000 and 12,000 people, that's the kind of the sweet spot. And so I feel like we're in great spot because remember I'm investing in technology. So yes. Jenny at my company who can do five acts a day, five or something a day, I'm going to help her do six and I'm going to train yes. her and coach her to do seven. I'm going to build technology to help her get to eight. Next thing you know, like we can do more with the same amount of people. And so we're going to grow our business, not necessarily grow our headcount. The grow is how do I impact more people? How do I give people more opportunity to pay them more, help them get expansion to their lives or, or learn more things and get leadership roles? That's what we're focused on and our business will grow too. Um,
0: so so as, as the organization uh, makes strategic decisions on the growth and the investment in either more people or more technology or or, or more of whatever you may decide, I, I have to believe that... Um, The focus on the core values, the characteristics, and the skill sets of those you invite into the organization, those will even tighten up even more. The the process for selecting people into an organization like UWM will become even more stringent. Talk to me a little bit about what some of those core values characteristics are today so that, you know, those young professionals that are looking for a career and looking for a place that they could call home for 30, 40 years, which I think is a tragedy that or companies don't exist anymore that could do that for a human. Uh, I think UWM could be one of those. What are those characteristics, those core values that your organization is looking for in young professionals today?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different things. First off, I'm big on team. You know, you got to be part of a team. you got to realize that this is greater than just one person. You have to take care of people, work well with others, team. But how do you really measure that and figure that out? The things I talk about is this. I think knowledge is a commodity these days. Experience is becoming a commodity. So I've been in 18 years. Does that mean someone that's been in the business three years can't beat me? Of course they can beat me, right? So I can teach you anything. I can't teach you heart. Work ethic and attitude huh. is what we talk about at UWM. You come in with a great work ethic and attitude, positivity, and grind, you will win here. You will grow. Like, we don't have any BS jobs. Like, oh, you got to be five years uh, this and a college degree. I could care less about your degree. I care less what college you went to. I care less about any of that. I care about your work ethic, your attitude, your heart, your drive to be great. And so I can teach you finance, Manny. I can teach you sales. I can teach you marketing if you care and you want to be great. And so we're looking for people that have heart, that work ethic and attitude. No one's successful in this world without a great work ethic. And you have to have a positive attitude because things aren't going to always go straight shot up. You have to have positivity, find the right things, find the good things in everything that happens. And so work ethic and attitude is what we focus on. And you have to be able to be a team player as well.
0: When people are looking to reach out to an organization like UWM? Where do, they, where do they go to find more information about the company, the organization, and opportunities?
1: Yeah, no, just go to our website. You know, you can go to UWM Life on social media or uwmcareers.com. I mean, there's plenty of places and, and you, you probably you know someone that works here. That's how I think about it is you know, 65% of our people that get hired in are referred by someone else because they know someone and they, they understand that they'll meet the culture. And so um, we're definitely looking to grow and find great people to join the family. Well, and I think, I mean, let's not just let's not speed past that comment, right? Two-thirds,
0: I heard you just say two-thirds of the humans joining your organization are joining due to a favorable nomination from someone inside. And and folks, that that that's what I'm referencing when I when I think about this this like unflinching, obsessive army of advocates, uh, that Matt and his Team, his leadership team. I think of great people like Laura Lawson that I've had the privilege to get to know a little bit over time. Just the impact they're making on the culture and how the culture—it just—it it, just—it it just continues to churn out incredible talent and incredible progress for the organization. Um, I, I'm all—I've always been curious how how people in your stratosphere might adjust the way they begin to measure their success in business, business alone. Talk to me about, you know, 10 years ago, what was Matt thinking would
1: be success Yeah, compared to today? Yeah. So it evolves, right? So like what you do is I'm very big on goal setting, measurable goals, and I focus on them and I go at it. Right. And, but the goals 10 years ago, you know, if you told me 10 years ago, I'd be here, I would have said, there's no chance, right? You know, 10 years yeah. ago, we just, you know, in 2011, we did a billion dollars of mortgages. We're going to do 220, 230 billion this year, right? So it's like, it's not even, and that's 10 years ago. And, you know, and, and to be the number one overall wholesale lender, we'd have to do 13 billion in 2015. That's six years ago. Once again, we're going to do 220, 230 billion. And so it's, it's light years away. Here's what I found is I, you have to have big goals, like big thoughts and big goals. And then you're going to climb a mountain. And you're going to look up and say, gosh, there's another mountain there. And you're going to keep going. And so my perspective is this, you know, from a business perspective, I never dreamed of where I would be today. I didn't think I didn't dream big enough. I tell people, a lot of people say you can do anything, dream bigger, dream bigger. And then, but then focus on the weeds. Don't just have a big dream and then just say, I hope it happens. Like, you got to say, when? What's important now? I got to start doing it right now. What do I got to do to be great today? How do I be the best? Like, I want to be the best podcast guest you've ever had. Like, I want to be the best. And then we we'll go have the best lunch with some team members. I'm going to have the best. Like, I want to be great every day. And so you have to be, so you have big goals long term, but you got to stay in the, you got to be in the weeds, lay a brick today and dominate your day. And if you dominate your day, dominate your hour, dominate your meeting, and then you do it every single day. You will get to those big goals. So big vision, but be in the weeds every single day and dominate every aspect of your day.
0: I, I want to make sure that people didn't miss uh, the acronym for win. what's important now. And gosh, I mean, how often do we get lost in the white noise and nonsense of the day uh, from the things that actually really mattered and were significant? I, I, I have to believe as you continue to think about success in the future, Uh, There might be some uh, important influencers in your life today, coaches, mentors, et cetera. Are are you still working with coaches today? I know you did at some point in your career, uh, coaches, mentors. Talk to me about your philosophy for finding the right people to help you get to the next level of what you know is possible in your professional life.
1: Yeah. So here's how I think about today. You know, I have so many people here challenging me. I want mm-hmm. them to challenge me. I advocate for them to challenge me. Challenge me, push me to get better because the people that are closest to you have the most likely chance to make a big impact on you. Mm-hmm. Having a coach that you talk to once every 30 minutes, once a month, <laughs> like, yeah, you get some good stuff out of it, but how do you get better by the people around you? We do have leadership coaches in our company. Actually, one of my old teammates, Mateen Cleese is one of my coaches. Yeah. He, he pushes me, he challenged me, tells me why I'm full of it. And I love that. I love when people could challenge you. You have to have an open architecture in the respect of, People can challenge you and push you until you're full of it. And that's how you get better. Because if you just kind of just go through the day and just keep going through, like, you're not going to end up getting better. You're just going to keep existing. And then someone hungry like I was, or like I am, or like you are, will run right by you. And so I'm real big on pushing people to get better around me and asking them to push me and using that kind of as a team aspect. And of course, like I said, we have coaches, your leadership coaches, but I want to make sure that people, everyone is my coach. My marketing people are my coach. My assistant is my coach. My my executives are my coach. Like Everyone's pushing me to get better.
0: So so we've had a a good amount of dialogue around a a lot of achievements, a lot of wins, micro wins, culture wins, uh, business wins. Talk to me about a time when uh, it wasn't perfect. It didn't go well. And how did you know it was time to move on from an idea, an investment, or a human?
1: Yeah. So it's a, that's a great point and great question. This is what I'll say to people is people say, oh, what's your biggest failure? I'm like, gosh, I have so many failures. So many times I've screwed up. The thing, one of my strengths though, is this, and this is that people can take. So many people sit there and think about a decision, like, look at it, measure 12 times and cut once. I measure once and cut once. And then, I've, and then I try to fix the edges, right? Like I, I make quick decisions both ways. I don't know of all the big mistakes i made. You know why? Because I changed them so quickly and <laughs> cut back, whether it was a person, whether it was a change, a process. I have no ego about going back to what I used to do. I try new things all the time and I screw up all the time and it's okay because I'm willing to change back. And so trying things and challenging yourself and pushing forward is so important to be successful and being okay to fail. And then just changing back. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that people kind of like, oh, well, I kind of went with, it. I got to stick with what I went with. Like, no, you don't change back. It's a better no. way. Don't have an ego. Don't feel bad that you made a mistake. Like I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. When you really make a mistake is when you stick with it too long. Yeah.
0: I, so I, I super appreciate you saying that. And again, I think uh, as I listen to your comments, um, I think about the fact that you don't allow your ego to get in the way. Of adjustment, and um, I think that's extremely powerful. And I've seen it—you um, know—just observe. Well, I've not seen it observing you, but I, I've seen it observing great leaders, and and the willingness to be vulnerable, uh, take ownership, and pivot uh, is just a, a powerful gift. Um, when you think of the next ten years for UWM. Tell us where the vision is. What what are you saying on the inside that you're willing to share on the outside about what the people will experience, will enjoy, will will be rewarded with when they
1: stay along for the ride? Yeah. So the way I think about it, the next 10 years, we are going to grow and succeed at a different level than we are today. We've been very successful, very proud of where we're at beyond what my wildest dreams were. However, we are not going to stop. We are not going to slow down. The next 10 years at UWM is going to be all about growing the independent mortgage broker channel because it's better for consumers mm-hmm. and better for UWM and better for my clients. And so we're focusing here on helping others. It's cool. My job is really cool. Like I got 9,000 awesome people. I can help make an impact on them. We, we, we close 60,000, 70,000 loans a month. We're helping people buy a house of their dreams. And then on top of that, we got 30,000, 40,000 loan officers that we're helping them build their relationship with realtors, build the relationship with consumers, helping them win. And so we're going to continue to educate consumers, continue to help those broker shops, which are independent entrepreneurs, they're just small businesses throughout America, help them win, help them grow because they're best. And when they grow and consumers win, we grow and succeed. And that's what we all see here at UWM is the opportunity is to exponentially grow. Exponentially, it might not be exponentially as in people, as I told you earlier, but it'll be exponentially growth in opportunity and at the same time, impact. Exponential growth in impact yes. in America is what we're focused on. Uh, wh- what's left
0: on the bucket list?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of things on the bucket list, there's a lot of goals you know, right now. We're the number two overall mortgage line in the country, number one in wholesale. But I don't have a goal anywhere in my office, anywhere to be the number two of anything in life. So I'm, we're going to be the number one overall mortgage company. That's not even a question. It's just a matter of when, not if. We will do that. And we're working with brokers to help them grow. And when they grow, we grow at UWM. But the bigger thing is helping the broker channel grow. Because when I get the broker channel, instead of 20% of the market to be 33%, when they grow, we help consumers. And when consumers win and brokers win and UWM wins, like that's more important than being number one. I'd rather be number 37. In the country, and do the right thing by consumers and right thing by yes. brokers than being number one. But we are going to do that, and we're going to continue to make an impact on consumers, team members, and our clients.
0: So I want to I want to end on a personal note. I I consistently see, uh, you know, these wonderful moments with your children, and I think that um, there has to be just some crazy inspiration that comes from watching them grow. And and you and I, we, we talk about our children often when we're together. And
1: um, Are they coming into the industry? <laughs> you know, I want them to be happy. So I love coaching their sports, <laughs> being involved with them. But yes, I talked to them like, what a dream would it be for my kids who I love so much to come work here and be a part of it and learn from the bottom and grow and, and just be in the minutia, be in the weeds with me. I would love, love, love it. I don't know if they will. All I care about is that they're happy. I don't care if they want to go do something 180 from what I do, as long as they're happy. And as long as I have a great relationship I mean, life's going to be great. I'm excited about it.
0: Well, and my experience has mostly been with Ben right from, from Liverpool soccer to flag football, to seeing him, you know, at the, at the carnivals and the festivals that you host. And I'm like, He's, he's, a, he's a mini ambassador, that's for sure, of the brand and uh, of all the greatness that's been created by you, your family, and your entire leadership team. Look, it, it goes without saying, it's, it, it's literally been one of the most mind-blowing stories that I've been privileged to experience somewhat closer than most people might. And I can't tell you how much we've taken from that in our time in Michigan. Uh, super thankful uh, for the relationship, for folks like Laura Lawson and Mateen Cleves, Justin White, you know, some of the greatest people at your organization, you are absolutely correct that Chelsea is a coach and she communicates clearly uh, and professionally. And, and what, I mean, I would I would expect nothing less from the people that are closest to you and around you. So thank you for your time this morning. Matt, if there was one last thing that you'd wanna just share with folks that are listening today uh, about UWM? What would you wanna make sure that they take away?
1: Well, I think about UWM, I could talk about brokers and how it's been, but I think the thing I would share with anyone, business people, because you're you're a winner, like right? what you've done in Michigan in your short time here has been amazing, right? You're a winner, you're a leader, you're building something special. People wanna be around you. you. I really think what you've done has been fantastic and I look up to you and how you're doing things. And what I would say is this, you do this all the time and I respect you. People focus on money. I don't focus on it. You don't focus on it. People focus on money. Oh, I got to get return on. it. The biggest thing I tell any business person is stop trying to win by making money. Just go win. Go take care of the clients. Take care of your team members. Take care of your competitors. Be good to everybody and good things happen and you will win. I focus on winning every day. I focus on dominating my day. And as long as I'm getting better and I'm helping people do the right things, money follows success. It's not the other way around. And that's the big message I talk about here all the time is go be great. Go be the leader and you'll become the leader. Go win. You'll make the money. Money follows. Stop focusing on it. I think you've done a great job of building your business. Not focus on sale, only sale. sale. You're focused on relationship, building something special, making an impact. And winning follows. Money will follow the winning.
0: Folks, probably my favorite part of today's 50-55 minutes was when he gave us the analogy of a dollar on the table and who gets what amount. And look, I will tell you, it reminded me of our dear friend, RJ King, who I think is an intellectual giant. And he talks about the secret to life and happiness is adding value to others. And when Matt gave us the analogy today of, hey, 50, 51, 52, 53, 55 cents, going the other way to the person I care about across the table, and I'll take the lesser amount, I know that in time I'll continue to win and be able to add value. That was powerful. It's a reminder that the math is the math, but the math is not always the secret. And uh, I look forward to hopefully many more years of friendship and, and being around your great organization. I wish you and your entire team and your family and those beautiful little children of yours, nothing but success and happiness in life. I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much. Really appreciate you having me on. Have a great day. Thank you.